Bear Books presents Ending Samsara, written by JW Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 1, Chapter 7, A Last Second Outbidding There's no one you can think of. No cuss. Matilda was brusque and distant. She'd been this way for days. It was a symptom of their self-imposed isolation. Being shut up inside should not have been such an ordeal. They'd lived this way voluntarily in the past, only opening the front door to food deliveries and occupying themselves with TV and video games for days on end. These were starkly different circumstances, and the notion of returning to normality had never posed such a threat. Four hundred quid is all we need, it's not that much. It's a lot considering you need it right this second. Not right this second, we still have, Marcus glanced at the time on the corner of his screen, like ten minutes, are you sure there's no one? If you're asking me if there's anyone I can casually ask to transfer £400 in the next ten minutes, then no, there isn't. We need to leave today, Tilde. Then find another one. I've spent the last five hours searching. This is the only one remotely in our price range with the kind of spec we need. It's ready to pick up today. Well, you're saying we're £400 short, so it clearly isn't in our price range. Keep looking. Marcus let out a long sigh, which became a groan. He was certain he had it. He'd met the estimated asking price, and there had been no other bidders until precisely four minutes ago. He thought it was simply a matter of running down the clock. He clicked to reveal the details of the latest spirit-crushing bid. The culprit was Victoria S. from Inverness. Inverness! It wasn't even close to the cellar. I bet she won't even be picking it up today, he thought. I bet she doesn't need it anywhere near as badly as we do. The item in question was a motorhome, one with an exceptionally large upper deck and a powerful onboard generator. After returning home from Gary's flat and finding himself in an unrelenting state of uncertainty and suspicion, he decided that he and Tilde were definitely not safe where they were. The ominous removal van hadn't moved in five days. It was still straddling the curb across the road. What kind of removal company would possibly need to stay at one address for five days? Tilde had remarked that it likely belonged to a resident, but he was certainly noticed it tailing him a few miles away from their road, and neither of them had noticed it parked there before. If it was connected to Gary's killers, those on board were clearly staking this place out, awaiting a suitable time to strike, which meant that he and Tilde were sitting ducks. His initial thought had been to simply pack their bags and jump on a plane, but this kind of activity left a digital trail, and these were professionals they were dealing with. Then there was the matter of what they'd do once they'd absconded. It was all well and good pissing off to God knows where, but then what? They had a small amount of savings, a little over £8,000. What would they do after this ran out? With no contacts elsewhere and the necessity of staying low, their income relied on his staying in the UK, outside of growing and selling drugs he knew nothing and it was on this consideration that he hatched a plan. Marcus held on to an HGV licence from his last legal job as a driver. He 
If he bought a decent mobile home, they could sustain his ways inside it and deliver them on the move. No fixed abode. It wasn't a foolproof plan, but it was the best he could come up with. It had lightweight containers, UV lamps small enough to transport, and a slew of anonymous contacts on the encrypted app on his phone. He estimated that he could stock enough product to comfortably keep them for at least a year. A year sounded an almost infinite amount of time to him. Long enough, he staunchly believed, for all of his worries to subside. Tilde didn't need too much convincing. She was young, impressionable and very much in love with him. She seemed to find the idea quite romantic. The two of them travelling round the country with no permanent residence. As he watched the bidding clock count down, he saw his clever plan start to deteriorate with it. That's it, he said. Plan A is dead. Time for plan B. And what's that then? I'm delegating all my drops to Amir and the boys until I know it's safe again. God, seriously? That could be ages. You're going to trust them? Don't have a choice, do I? What about us? What about us? Well, you keep saying it isn't safe here. Right, that brings me to the other part of the plan. Tilde prompted him with a nod. I'm buying a gun. She stared at him, incredulous. A fucking gun? Are you kidding me? Some kind of gangster now, are you? You're a pacifist, for God's sake. Well, I'm not leaving this house unless I absolutely have to. If these people want to come barging in here in the middle of the night, I'll have to be ready for them. You've never used a gun in your life. Christ, you've never even thrown a punch. Yeah, well, I've never watched someone get lynched before either. The game has changed and it seems like I'd better change with it. Can you hear yourself, Cuss? You're talking like you're in some third-rate mobster movie. Well, what do you suggest, Marcus snapped. I'm open to ideas. Tilde sighed. Marcus could tell she was incredibly reluctant to say what she was about to say. Maybe we should just phone the police. Oh yeah, Tilde, that's a cracking idea. Why don't I just go and invite them upstairs into the loft for a nice cup of tea while I'm at it? Talk them through my inventory. I'll catch up with you in 10 to 15, yeah, when they let me out. We could move the stock. Could we now? Marcus bit his bottom lip. He took a breath and paused for fear of saying something he might regret. OK, let's say that's remotely feasible. Let's say we somehow managed to shift tens of thousands of pounds worth of stock. What then? What do I tell them? Two hitmen are after me, and I think it's connected to a murder I witnessed. Tilde shrugged. Why not? It seemed to say. I have priors, Tilde, you know this. Don't you think they might put two and two together and realise they might somehow be related? But you don't even know if it is related, not really. It's out of the question. I'm not risking a spell inside because I'm too scared to handle my own business. Tilde rolled her eyes. There you go again. Handle your own business. Please listen to what you're saying. You mean you're going to wait until they break in and shoot them? She paused for his response. He looked down at his feet. Provided you do manage to see off two trained killers, what happens after that? You think you won't have to speak to the police then? Don't you think that'll leave you with even more explaining to do? Marcus couldn't argue with this, but his thoughts were fixated on protecting them both. Everything else seemed trivial. He let out another frustrated exhale. 
Okay, he conceded after a moment. I'm sticking with the first part of the plan. We're laying low. We only leave the house when we have to. We cover up when we do and don't go anywhere alone. I'll tell her Mary needs to take on all of my drops for the foreseeable future. Okay, and promise me you're not getting a gun. I'll sleep on it. He picked up his phone, scrolling through a substantial collection of A's he found a mere. His friend answered and he quickly explained the situation, sure to be as scant with the details as possible. This mean I'm up in my range? Amir asked. Well, yeah, only to my zones. But you're doubling my output, so I need double the range, innit? No, you're not listening. You're taking on my drops, that's it. You're not peddling my products anywhere other than the places I've confirmed to you. Marcus paused. Don't mess me around, Amir. I'm not having this right now. Okay, then I'm getting extra help. Marcus felt his grip tighten on his phone. He placed his other hand on his temple. Why? What do you mean, why? You expect me to just take on all your work as well as mine? Yeah, and you'll earn double what you're earning now. With no life? No thanks. Fine, you can get one other person, but listen to me carefully, mate. That person is selling my shit and my shit only. If I hear a peep about any one of my contacts being offered coke or any other bullshit, we're not working together anymore. Yeah, safe then. Who are you asking? My cousin, Faisal. He's got his ear to the ground. He might even get us some extra business, you know? Marcus had the sudden compulsion to bash his head against the wall. Well, Amir's actually, but that was unavailable. Amir, do me a solid and listen to this. I don't want him drumming up any more business. I don't want him attracting any more attention. Marcus hesitated, fighting the urge to raise his voice. Why do you think I stick to certain areas? I don't know, turf wars? What? Marcus squinted at his phone. No. I stick to certain drop-off locations because they're under the radar. The police don't sniff around there. There's not a lot of CCTV coverage and there's generally not tons of prying eyes. It's safer for us and the client. Gotcha. The apparent understanding in no way filled Marcus with confidence. He generally trusted Amir. The man was a reliable distributor. However, leaving everything to him and some unknown relative filled him with severe anxiety. Look, I'm going to tell you where your cousins could meet people in London. These places are tried and true. Is Faisal obedient? Obedient? Yes, you'll essentially be his boss. Will he listen to you when you tell him where he's allowed to work? Yeah, don't worry, he's on the level. Okay. Marcus pinched the bridge of his nose. Swing by in the morning, I'll give you the contacts when you load up. He tossed the phone on the coffee table and ran his hands down his face. Turf walls, he said aloud. Guy thinks we're in Mexico. Everything sorted? I guess we'll see. Marcus hesitated. Babe, I'm going upstairs. I need to make another phone call. Why can't you? Tilde cut herself short. Oh God, you're calling her, aren't you? Seriously, not this again. She's a friend, and a very useful one at that. I need to know what she thinks. Tilde shook her head, huffing as she stormed out of the living room. Don't let me stop you, she muttered. Marcus let her go without saying anything.
If you'd like to learn more about JW Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Books Podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.